0: THE TORONTO POLICE SERVICE HATE CRIME UNIT HAS ARRESTED 11 INDIVIDUALS IN CONNECTION WITH AN ALLEGED ANTI-SEMITIC PROPERTY ATTACK TARGETING A BOOKSTORE. THE SUSPECTS INCLUDE A PUBLIC SCHOOL TEACHER AND FACULTY FROM YORK UNIVERSITY.
1: IN THE WAKE OF GROWING CRITICISM AND CALLS FOR HER RESIGNATION, VICTORIA CITY Councilor SUSAN KIM has issued a formal apology for signing her name on an open letter that denied sexual violence at the hands of Hamas following the October 7th attack against Israel.
0: A three-day retreat by the Liberal government in Charlottetown PEI dedicated to examining the escalating cost of living for Canadians cost taxpayers over $160,000. Hello Canada, it's Friday, November 24th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia,
1: And I'm Lindsay Shepard.
0: We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. (music) The Toronto Police Service Hate Crime Unit has arrested 11 individuals in connection with an alleged anti-Semitic property attack targeting an Indigo bookstore on the Bay Street and Bloor Street West area. The suspects include a public school teacher and faculty from York University. In the early hours of November 10th, a group of suspects targeted the Indigo, and specifically its Jewish founder, Heather Reisman. The perpetrators glued anti-Semitic posters to the doors and windows of the business before pouring red paint on the windows and sidewalk. The incident was denounced by the Friends of Simon Weisenthal Center as a vile, anti-Semitic attack. Among those arrested were academics and a primary school teacher in the Toronto area. Nisha Toomey, a 41-year-old Toronto resident and postdoctoral York University researcher specializing in migration, was arrested by police and faces charges of mischief over $5,000. Leslie Wood, 56, associate professor at York U, was charged with mischief over $5,000 and conspiracy to commit an indictable offense. McDonald Scott, 56, who is listed as an immigration consultant with Carenza LLP, faces charges of mischief, over $5,000, and conspiracy to commit an indictable offense. Suzanne Narain, 38, a primary teacher at the Toronto District School Board, also faces similar charges. True North reached out to Toomey, Scott, Wood, Narain, and others to request comment and a response to the charges. Additionally, the TDSB and York University were also contacted for an opportunity to comment. Carranza, LLP, refused to comment on the charges and would not confirm whether or not Scott was an employee at their firm. While investigating this, I was confronted with an absolute reluctance by everybody to address these charges and arrests. For example, the TDSB sent me on a wild goose chase from one department to another concerning the teacher involved. It was very difficult to get any sort of answer, and it seems that these organizations just aren't willing to address the obvious problem. Why are lawyers, educators, and seemingly professional individuals increasingly becoming involved in radical activism of this sort? What would drive somebody to do something like this? Is it just performative activism, or is there a deeper resentment involved?
1: Well, Cosman, if we back up for a minute here, some listeners might be wondering why these activists decided to target Heather Riesman. Of all people, the founder of Indigo. And it turns out she has a charitable foundation called the HESEG Foundation, and it provides tuition to former soldiers who served in the Israeli military under the Israel Defense Forces. And so it appears the usual free Palestine activists are bringing attention to this organization again. And, you know, they're, the posters that they're distributing, they're saying, CEO, Heather Reisman, sponsors genocide. And of course they have their signature phrase on their poster, from the river to the sea, which is understood as a phrase that means abolish Israel and the territory that Israel is in. In the wake of growing criticism and calls for her resignation, Victoria city councilor, Susan Kim, has issued a formal apology for signing her name on an open letter that denied sexual violence at the hands of Hamas on October 7th. The letter drafted by those sympathetic to Hamas casts shade on the credibility of reports detailing rapes and other abuses against Israeli citizens. Kim, confronted with public backlash, was forced to publicly apologize for endorsing the letter and has asked for her name to be removed from the document. She said, quote, I have asked for my name to be removed from the letter, I regret not being more careful in understanding the impact of the letter on the community members I represent. She said that on social media on Thursday. Earlier this week, Victoria BC Mayor Marianne Alto refrained from criticizing Kim for signing the letter, asserting that Kim should speak for herself. Alto cited a lack of knowledge about the issues at hand as the reason for refusing to denounce Kim. Alto said, I don't have enough information to be able to answer that in an informed way, I think it would be actually quite irresponsible for me to comment on that without being more informed. Cosman, what do you think? Should we give Kim the benefit of the doubt here? You know, she acknowledged the mistake she made, and does she deserve forgiveness for that?
0: I always have my doubts when politicians plead ignorance. I mean, she signed her name to this letter. I assume she must have read it. Otherwise, it's very poor judgment to sign your name on a document, especially as a elected representative. I also think Victoria Mayor Marianne Alto's response was largely a cop-out. She said she didn't have enough information to answer whether Kim should be denounced in an informed way. And my question to her would be, have you been paying attention to the news at all in the last month or more? Does Mayor Alto live in a complete vacuum? I think a lot of this comes down to politicians certain politicians wishing to pander to both sides they want especially in a very left-wing city like victoria where i'm sure they have many people who would be sympathetic with some of the sentiments in that letter does monday at the office feel like a storm not with microsoft copilot that feeling when copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly it's sunny again when copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach, with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI A three-day retreat by the liberal government in Charlottetown, PEI, dedicated to examining the escalating cost of living for Canadians cost taxpayers over $160,000 dollars solely for lodging and transportation in connection with one government department. This information was brought to light through recently disclosed documents prompted by an order paper question from Conservative MP Tracy Gray. The Privy Council Office, responsible for managing the Federal Cabinet's affairs, detailed the expenditures, including $88,930 allocated to hotel accommodations, and $20,733 designated for meals and incidentals. MP Grace said, instead of reducing their wasteful spending that is driving up the cost of everything, Justin Trudeau and his liberal ministers racked up a whopping $160,000 bill for their so-called affordability retreat in PEI. Additionally, $7,689 was spent on miscellaneous transportation and $1,169 for an Airbnb rental during the retreat held from August 21st to 23rd. Criticism from opposition parties has arisen due to the perceived hypocrisy of addressing the affordability crisis faced by Canadians while at the same time embarking on expensive trips. The Liberal government's recent fall economic statement included measures aiming to restrict the usage of Airbnb and other short-term rental platforms in regions with housing shortages. I always wonder what the point of these lavish retreats is. I do understand that there is some amount of morale boosting that needs to happen within political parties, but when it comes to achieving anything for the ordinary taxpayer, it doesn't seem like they get very far. And the other question on my mind, is it hypocritical for the government to crack down on Airbnbs while also spending taxpayer dollars on the service themselves?
1: Honestly, Cosman, I think we knew something like this was coming because as True North reported in August, Richie Valdez, who is now the Liberals' small business minister, she posted this kind of influencer style of video on social media, um, a Foodie Friday video where she, while in Charlottetown, she, yeah, she, so she made this video of her going to Lobster on the Wharf, a restaurant in Charlottetown. And, you know, it would be one thing to just kind of show off a small business and show, maybe speak to the owner, get some video footage of some scenery, like inside the restaurant, the food. But it's another thing entirely to shove the lobster in your mouth and film yourself doing so and then posting it on social media in the capacity of a government official, particularly when, you know, the top thing on people's minds at that time and still now is cost of living and high cost of food
0: that's it for today folks don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know thanks for tuning in don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors and if able please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news